It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL Draft live podcast here. Mobile Alabama Senior Bowl, day two in the books. We got one more day, weather permitting, but we're going to come at you with some some players that stood out for some good reasons, maybe some not so good reasons, and we're going to lay it all down with my friends here in the Jaguar Den. From my left, your right, Jarvis Davis, locked on Sports Atlanta. We got Lauren Cox locked on Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears, and we got uh, Gator Boy. Shout out to our guy Tony Wiggins, who unfortunately couldn't be here at Mobile with us, but we got Brandon Olson locked on Gators. I'm David Harrison, locked on Bucks, locked on Commanders. If you watched our live yesterday, you saw plenty of the trash that I like to spew, thinking it's knowledge. None of that today. Instead, you're going to hear from these fine gentlemen. Guys, let's start with top performers, but we're looking at the first two days. Top performers for the first two days here at the Senior Bowl. I'm going to go right in the middle with Locked On Bears, Lauren Cox, just because he gave Brandon Olsen the microphone saying, you're going to go first. So that's how we're doing this tonight. Buckle up, everybody. This is what's happening. We're, we're, we're having a good time here, aren't we? I got to say, I, I think the guy I want to start with for me was the wide receiver from Stanford. Uh, I always I want to make sure I'm, I've got their names correct when I say them here. Uh, Wilson. Was it Michael Wilson? He was big, fast, strong, like the guy with juice especially on that roster. Like to me, this was a wide receiver group that overall, Michael Wilson from Stanford, a wide receiver group overall that we knew would be underwhelming. And we knew like there were a couple guys with some hype, but you know, not really, there was a lot of opportunity for somebody and for multiple people to step up into bigger roles and bigger opportunities. And he's a guy, he's, he's like what, six, two, I think 215 pounds and just, is a step faster than all the other receivers. Like it's not as much straight line speed. Like he's got straight line speed, but like fluid in and out of his brakes doesn't slow down very much when he changes direction. And he's built like a bigger body wide receiver. I mean, those are the kind of traits that a couple of days at practice really make a player like that stand out in front of scouts like this. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, something that I really like seeing the coaches work on with these these younger uh, these college prospects looking to go into the NFL was really how they kind of sit down when they're going into their breaks. And that's something that. A lot of people don't really notice that in the game flow, but it's something that can can prevent injuries and can really help the receiver not just stay healthy, but also get in and out of their breaks uh, a lot faster. So good to see these guys teaching because really that's what it's all about out here for the coaches on the ground. Not evaluating. We're evaluating. The guys in the stands are evaluating. The fans are obviously evaluating, but the coaches are out here teaching. Jarvis, who do you have as your top performance so far here in Mobile? Wow. Um, it was a guy that not too many people are talking about. His name is Nick Broker. Interior office of lineman out of Ole Miss. When I say the guy, he's a, I called him an anchor. I put I tweeted out an emoji of guys you know that, that stood out yesterday, and he actually stood out today again. Nick Broker, six six, a really solid guy, three oh five ish around that line, so really lean. And he's a guy you can plug in at that guard position and, and won't have too many words. He's a guy that I really like how he anchors down when when guys try to. Um, get in that bull rush because a lot of defensive linemen are going to try you first. Come off with the bull rush and try to see where you are. He will sit down every time. Yeah. And it was, I'm talking about Star Wars. Once he got that lean in, man, got the head out of there, it was just, it was just really good sight to see. I actually got a chance to rap with him after practice today, and I was just like, hey, man, you did some good work today. So, yeah, Nick makes some money. 
Nick Broker makes some money. Yeah. yeah, another day to make some more, hopefully, for him. Uh, I would say, yeah, good good offensive line group uh, here. We talked about the offensive line extensively yesterday, and they continue to impress out here in mobile. Brandon, who you got? I got Tajay Spears, who we've been talking about, I mean, privately for a while now. And Tajay, I mean, he's great as a pass catcher, as a runner, and the amount of times that he made defenders do push-ups today after scoring touchdowns. Like, like it was impressive. Those dudes' chests are going to be hurting tomorrow because they had to do so many push-ups. So Tajay is someone who, coming into Mobile, we were excited to see him. And then he was like, hey, guess what? I'm going to be even better than you anticipated in, in this skill set or in this situation where he's making himself money and, and he's impressing myself, everybody here, and a lot of NFL teams. I wasn't watching the running back super closely. Was he the one that had that breakaway touchdown yes. run where it's just like clean through to the second level and no one had a shot to catch him? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Great, great awareness on that play. Hit the hole hard. Uh, set up the defender and then ran right around him, accelerated. Nobody could touch him. And yeah, the American team squad. Oh uh, yeah, the defense coaches. Every every time their defense gives up a score, that would be an actual score, even if they were full tackling uh, at times. Uh, they do push ups, and and uh, me uh, being who I was in my former career, I'm I'm uh, I'm enthusiastic about physical punishment for uh, not doing your job well. Uh, let's 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 stick with uh, the the two day theme here. Uh, Lauren, since you don't have a microphone in your hand, who's not doing as well as you would like to see them doing? You know, whenever we come down to the Senior Bowl, we, there's always this expectation, I think, that the Alabama guys are going to be the ones that, like, Fact. just look the part and perform the part. Like, they're they're at Alabama, right? They should be, like, them or the Georgia guys should just be bigger, faster, stronger than everybody down here. And the guy who really hasn't looked that way is DJ Dale, the defensive lineman. He's like 6'1", 300 pounds. Like, he's not, it wasn't, I didn't need him to be the, the guy who, who impresses you right off the bus. It wasn't about the physical traits that I wanted to be impressed by. But, like, in even in one-on-ones, in, in those interior pass rush battles that are made to be advantageous for the defense, especially those guard, going one-on-one against the guards who expect to have more the tackles sometimes know they're on an island and that's a little bit more, you know, translatable to real game situations. But like those guards are at such a disadvantage. And I just wasn't seeing DJ Dale win consistently enough against, you know, good guards like the Mississippi guard that you mentioned. Uh, I can't think of his name anymore. Uh, Bre- Brecker. Like, I mean, so there, there were good guards. But again, this is the Alabama guy. Like he should he should be able to beat Old Miss. I mean, he played Old Miss. You know, like he should be able to beat those guys. He should be able to beat most of the talent. There's not. There's not going to be any talent difference between what he's faced and these guys compared to like the smaller school guys who come here. And, and if they can beat the Alabama guy, you're like, oh, wow, well, he's beating some of the best of the best. And when the guys who are supposed to be the best of the best don't look the best of the best, that's not a huge red flag, but it's something that makes you definitely go back and rewatch their tape. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I've seen a lot of Alabama players to cover the Washington Commanders. There's a lot of burgundy in the uh, burgundy I mean, they're crimson, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and yeah, those guys are very impressive. So you're right. When you see one of those guys not being very impressive, it is a little surprising. But also seeing got see uh, seeing them get some coaching. You know, some, a coach came up and and kind of kind of placed his hands like, "Here, I'm going to show you kind of what I want you to do." And the good thing was the player was nodding. The player you could see the player was conversing. I don't know what you know he was saying. Obviously, we weren't you know, within earshot, but it looked like the player was receptive to the coaching, and that's really I think. What these guys are going to take away is is not only okay, yeah, maybe he came in not doing exactly what we wanted, but there was there was improvement there and there was uh, reception to the lesson. And especially, I think with him, you've got his Alabama teammate uh, Byron Young on the defensive line, who's yeah. just a little bit bigger and a little bit quicker. And it's like you, you see those guys side by side, and one clearly stands up more than the other. It, it just ends up being a little more striking. Absolutely, Jarvis. Who do you think needs to, uh, or who do you think isn't living up 
uh, to maybe what you expected? Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Mr. Ryan Hayes, the tackle out of uh, Michigan. He's about 6'6", 305. You know, those are that's a decent number for a tackle in size, but he plays light, so much lighter than that. He plays like he's 265. Because uh, uh, there were a lot of guys that were able to get up underneath his pads and, and kind of get him to a point where he looks like he's going to be on his behind um, before uh, once they get too close to the quarterback. So, But I think... And it, was, and it just seems like he was just uncomfortable out there and never really. And a lot of times, you know, you kind of try to look at a guy differently. Uh, and when he's, when he's in this different situation, because in the one-on-ones, he, he looked out of place. And then even when he got in the 11-on-11 11 11 and team, he looked out of place. So it, it, I, th- I think he's one of those guys that he's going to have to kind of figure some things out really quickly. Because if not, he's going to be his stack, his stock is definitely going to be down. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a guy that stood out to me as well in day one for not good reasons, right? And, and mm-hmm. again, you want to see him bounce back. But yeah, two days of struggles, not not good. But he's got a third day. You have the opportunity uh, to come back. And again, there are some behind the scenes things these coaches know if these guys are being receptive again, studying the tape, doing what they're being told to do for homework. So hopefully behind the scenes, at least he's doing the things to show them that he can move forward with success. Brandon, who's who's your guy? Uh, I think for me, it's uh, Tyson Badgen out of Shepard, the quarterback, where He's not someone that I was like, oh, he's going to come in and, and light this up. But when you're from a small school like Shepard and you get the invite to the senior bowl, you're like, okay, this this guy is clearly someone that the NFL thinks can make it to the NFL. And he shows up and it's hard playing quarterback in the senior bowl because you're showing it's probably the hardest offensive position to play in the senior bowl because you're being thrown into a spot where you have – no chemistry with these receivers. Like no. you don't have experience with them. Tyson's only teammate with him is an offensive lineman. Uh, I'm pretty sure Clayton Toon out of Houston is the only quarterback that has one of his receivers. Actually, uh, Max Duggan has Danos. Uh, but with Tyson Badgen, it's there was one play that we were talking about today where he went through all of his progressions. The receiver was in the middle of falling down on a curl, and he just beamed it at him and i don't know what he was hoping would happen <laughs> it was actually kind of mean to be to be honest like throwing the ball at this guy while he's going down to the ground it's, it's, it's a little rude actually that was kind of all the quarterbacks though right like because it was we were i was sitting around talking to some of my guys you know who uh who draft analysts scouts you know and we were just having a conversation about the quarterbacks and, and we were literally begging them throw the ball down the field <laughs> and, and one of the guys used to play quarterback he's like man i'll be out here throwing all type of picks because these are these stats don't count. It's practice. You know, you got to give these guys a good look. So, and it, we, Brandon, before we got started, we we're talking about how the cornerbacks are looking a lot more better, maybe a little bit inflated, right? Because because of the bad throws and the bad ball placement and everything. Because you had there were situations in one on even in one on ones where wide receiver had this guy beat. Quarterback just sails the ball 10, 30, 10, 15 yards over his head. I'm just like, what is going on? So I, I, I understand why Jim Nagy was a little upset that Stetson Bennett turned down the opportunity to come to Singy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you saw it with uh, it was Tank Dell that we were talking about on yeah. there. Mm-hmm. He demolished his man. And then the end of the clip is him going diving, trying to catch the like, balls over there somewhere, like in in uh, in Atlanta, we in Mobile, Alabama. Like, <laughs> like come on, man! <laughs> I mean, impressive arm strength, though. Um, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if we're getting a Josh Allen or even a Kenny Pickett out of this group, but you know that's that's the ebbs and flows uh, of the college season. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Of course, you know, anything these guys. So we got some top performers, some guys not doing so great. Of course, at the end of the day, the coaches, the scouts are all going to go back to the tape and either confirm what they've seen or uh, try to to uh, reinforce maybe what they've learned about these guys. Hopefully mostly good for their sakes, but obviously uh, there's going to be some bad. The consistency in the body of work is really the key when you're looking at NFL draft prospects. But the consistency at the senior bowl is how you're going to determine if a guy won or lost money, uh, as you said earlier, uh, here in Mobile. So who made the most money between day one and day two in your minds? We'll start with Brandon. Uh, I mean – for me, I really enjoyed how Kenny McIntosh looked. Like I think that he helped himself a lot. I think Kenny McIntosh helped himself, helped himself a lot, just showing explosiveness and that dual threat ability, which we saw at Georgia. But Georgia's a place where historically, especially under Kirby Smart, has rotated their running backs frequently, and you never really get to see a ton out of them. Like We've seen them have stables that are just like Todd Gurley and, and Nick Chubb, and, and everybody's all there, but... And then you look at Kenny McIntosh and he's thought of as more of a receiving back. So he was another one where we talked about Tajay Spears burning everybody. Kenny McIntosh did the same thing. And Kenny McIntosh did something that I liked because he had the sideline and instead he kind of like cut in a little bit to stiff arm a safety and then outrun him. And it just seemed like one of those things where he was just like, I can do this to you. So I'm going to do this to you. And, and it was just a little bit impressive from him to do that. And, I'm enjoying seeing him get work as a pass protector and as a pass catcher where that's how you make your money right now at the senior bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Versatility is key in these running backs. You know, we we saw a little bit of a resurgence in running backs in the NFL this last season. Uh, But to be to continue that resurgency, if you want to keep that running back growth uh, going in the NFL, you got to be a three down back is how we commonly refer to them. But a guy who can do uh, a little bit of everything. Lauren, who's the guy in your mind from day one to day two that did the best for their uh, uh, prospects? I think comparatively, I was more impressed by Darnell Wright from Tennessee, the offensive tackle, because and I think Mm -hmm. I I was worried about a bias here because we spent the whole first national practice watching Dewan Jones from Ohio State just be the physical freak sized guy who can move well and then we get to the american practice and like in a normal senior board a senior bowl darnell right would be the big the big freak size right tackle and i felt myself like comparatively being disappointed in right because i'm like well we just saw jones do like what but, but human beings don't seem like people that size can actually do but with jones not at practice maybe there's a, a subconscious sort of like not having that comparison there but to me it looked like Wright was even better at getting out of his stance quicker being able to pick up against speed when he was facing it and he's what six foot five 342 pounds like he is one of the bigger normally a freak right tackle here not even the biggest guy in his, his position but showing an ability to move well and especially in, in team drills you know being able to know where his help was going to be on the inside there so he could overset a little bit wide and know that he's got some opportunities for help on the inside and I just felt like this was more of what I was expecting from him and maybe without having Jones at still fresh on my brain of exactly what it looks like when someone physically dominates yeah I mean Duan, look uh you know hopefully Duan Jones good the report is a, a concussion kept him out of practice 
day two expect it's going to keep him out of practice day three and probably the game i like the air quotes um but it did i mean look there's a lot of attention i mean even sometimes he wasn't even taking the rep and he's just standing there and everybody's going look at look at this human being that i don't want to mess with ever um he should have so. just pulled a jermaine johnson and just practice for one day and just and just walked off the field and hit my line hit my agent line like it's just walked off instead of making up stuff but anyway yeah sorry my bad <laughs> i blew it out random stuff sometimes valid 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 statements jarvis who made money for you from uh, day one to day two? Ooh, man it would have to be d winters the uh, linebacker out linebacker out of tcu um not that tall of a guy 511 to about 220 and but one thing I do like about this guy like he's really good in space uh, he's very instinctive linebacker he sees he believes what he sees uh, that's what you ask of a linebacker right when you talk about guys that you know study the game study the tape and looking at guys and looking how guys move and everything and, and, and being able to break on a ball was he able to pick off a ball in, in, in practice shockingly Given the quarterback play, but anyway, but yeah, but um, D. Winters, yeah, he's a guy that I, I really, I really feel like he's made some money. Like I said, is of course teams are gonna knock him for his for his height, but at the end of the day, if I'm a GM in the NFL, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. But if I'm a GM in the NFL, I'm definitely I want ball players. I want guys who play ball. I'm not necessarily that big on. You know, measurements, you know what I mean? But I, I like the tape. I like believe what I see. You know, he had an excellent game against Michigan, and you just can see the guy is a playmaker. So, yeah, I, I think teams are going to be paying attention heavily to to the uh, the, the 5'11 linebacker out of TCU. Yeah, absolutely. Look, when I when I first saw, spotted him uh, out here in Mobile, it was for the exact same reason you described. I was like, that's a that's a small dude, and maybe mm-hmm. you know what? If he can make it, maybe I could have made it in a different life <laughs> right. um, uh, as, as well. But then watching him going through, probably not. But going through the reps, I mean, you're right. Like he look like he looks like he belongs on a football field. And let's just be honest. Like sometimes there's guys that even have the measurements and they don't look like. Uh, they belong out there, but all these guys definitely belong out there, whether they come from small schools, big schools, they're all expected to be NFL draft prospects, potential draft picks, UDFAs. Again, no favors being done out here, guys. The Senior Bowl makes their money and advertises off of how many guys get drafted from this event every year. They're not out here just handing opportunities to guys just so they can say they were here. These guys are are who the Senior Bowl scouting staff believes uh, will be uh, competing in the National Football League here in the very near future. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, you're right. If you are a GM, you wouldn't be here talking to us. But you might be talking to us in about an hour. So we're going to wrap up this episode <laughs> here. Day three is coming. Here at the at the uh, the, the Reese's Senior Bowl, um, Brandon, who are you looking for on day three? Could be a guy that you just want to see continue shining, or maybe uh, another guy you need to see pick it up. Uh, for me, it's Darius Rush out of South Carolina. He's the guy that I would like to see because corner. 
So for most of oh, yes. yeah, yeah, good job. Um, you should be producing it. So, <laughs> so, so for me, when you look at South Carolina and you're talking about cornerback, most people talk about Cam Smith as a guy that's going to be a first mm-hmm. round pick, but Darius Rush, a shade under six foot two, long arms. And, you know, day one on Tuesday, he was just great. There was that one clip going around where he runs the route for the receiver, picks mm-hmm. off the curl. Today, he kind of came down to earth. But honestly, even if he comes down to earth, the average is still higher than what most people anticipated from him. Like when I saw him on the roster, I was just like, I haven't seen him yet, but I guess I will. And so now, I mean, that that length, that size, that's just something that you like to see from a corner. And especially now where we're going into an NFL where – length at corner is increasingly important you look at guys like sauce Gardner coming out and it's like you can't find that Tariq Woolen you, you can't teach those things when you can find that in Darius Rush that's something that's incredibly important when you show flashes like that an NFL team is going to see that and say maybe I can make you do that more consistently and we can get a real gem on our hand here absolutely Jarvis who you looking for on day three has to be Julius Brent, man. Uh, a corner out of um, Kent, Kent, Kent State, Kansas State, um, 6'3", 200 pounds, long, lengthy. Yesterday had an absolute day. I gave him a doggy, uh, a dog uh, emoji on, on Twitter when I was tweeting out that's, my guy. That's big. Yeah, that's real big. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, 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 that's as high as you can get, man. You get the dog the dog emoji, is is going down. But kind of fell off a little bit this, um, today. You know, I was actually um, talking to some scouts. They were like, you know, he may be a little susceptible to the man cut playing man coverage. And, you know, in the NFL, you got to be able to do that at, at least to the point where they don't not calling your name like God dog it such and such. You know, you don't want to be the fill in the blank right there. So um, but I do think that to to show that consistency, to show what I saw in him yesterday was real. Need to um, kind of level off a little bit and not necessarily kind of fall off and and in one on ones uh, against um, against other wide receivers. Now, granted, wide receiver was was a good wide receiver, but you know you got to be able to can't get lost in in man coverage. That's not good <laughs> at all. Yeah, absolutely, Lauren. Who are you looking at? And uh, is it possible that they will be joining? the uh, legendary quarterback, Justin Fields, in the near future? Uh, this one probably not based on where his draft range is, but the guy I want to see more from is Cody Mock, the offensive lineman from North Dakota State. Played left tackle there throughout his college career. Day one, exclusively at left guard, as far as, as, far as I could tell him. I didn't watch every, I have my eyes locked on him the whole game, but pretty much every rep I saw was left guard. Today, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, today, Wednesday, the, the days, the days down here blend together. Uh, he started at left guard, then they moved him over to right guard. They had him at back at left tackle, and then he was snapping, and he was at center for quite a few reps in some seven on seven and eleven on eleven situations, or nine on seven. And I saw a couple of snaps hit the deck that you know under center that just were, were fumbled there because he never snapped in college. He he told me after practice on Tuesday days of the week, that he's been practicing snapping on his own for a while, but the coaching staff down here hadn't explicitly told him, hey, tomorrow we're going to play at center. He just said, I'm going to be ready for wherever they want to play me. And today, four positions on the offensive line he practiced at across different reps. He was really good at left tackle or left guard yesterday. Still pretty good at those spots, but they're all so new to him. I just want to see more of that at all those positions. And that can really cement him as that, you know, late first round pick that would be out of the Bears range unless they do some, some wild trading down. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Justin would love to have him, though. I mean, the, there's a reason that these coaches move guys around sometimes. Sometimes it's because you're struggling. We saw a little bit of, bit of that on day one. But sometimes it's because you came out and you balled out. And so, okay, well, let's see just how much you have and how much we can challenge you and how much we can 
really tap into. So it's good to see those coaches doing that. And again, seeing those players either step up or learn from them. And then once they take those lessons, maybe come back the next day and show even better. So plenty more to see here in Mobile as we get into day three and we and we wrap up the festivities here. But great job, guys, identifying some good prospects and, and some guys that need to do some work and some guys who are already putting in work. And Jarvis Davis locked on sports Atlanta. Lauren Cox locked on Bears. Brandon Olson. I, I almost said a, a random last name. I don't even know why. Brandon Olson locked on Gators. Doing great work. Make sure you check them out. I'm David Harrison, locked on Bucks, locked on Commanders, doing adequate work. That's why I have two co-hosts that carry me through the rest uh, of the season. This is Locked On NFL Draft. Don't worry, I will not be your host very much longer on this feed. Behind the camera, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, your Tuesday host of Locked On (laughs) NFL, along with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. So if you can't catch it, if you got a favorite team, we've got you covered here on Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining this live. Make sure you come back for more here on Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See you tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.